I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. One, two, three, four. Hello and welcome into the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I'm National Recruiting Analyst Cooper Battaglia alongside my colleague Andrew Ivins, our Director of Scouting. Andrew, the word on the street is, is that you are currently locked out of your Twitter account. I don't know how this happened, but we got we got the execs at CBS on this. Maybe we need to get Colorado's tight end coach, Tim Brewster, on it as well. I don't know if you saw that video. What are the, I would guess, say, more entertaining videos I've seen in recent history, getting the buffs fired up. But anyway, how, how do we get you back into your account, man? I, I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to figure it out. I got locked out over the weekend when you need two-step two authentication. I'm, I'm butchering that word. Uh, but they, they don't send text messages anymore. And I guess this is a big problem ever since Twitter underwent some new ownership. So I might be a TikTok guy moving forward or, or Instagram. I, I don't really know. Uh, trying to figure it out. But like you said, I got the CBS brass. And Cooper, no, I did not see the Tim Brewster video because I can't log on to Twitter. So it's really hard to kind of keep up with the news. I, I just keep clicking refresh on that 24-7 sports homepage every day. I'll send it to your Hotmail account, whatever we got to do to to get you uh, up to speed on, on Colorado. Anyway, Drew, the Wednesday episode, for those of you who don't know, this is only our second episode. So we'll, we'll break down the format a little bit. Andrew and I will be on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of every week, 365 days throughout the year. The Wednesday show, it's going to be a little bit of a shorter format, anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes. And Andrew, I think the idea is to come in and, and really kind of format it differently, just kind of based on the week. And, and this time of year, middle of January, what is there to really talk about? The early signing day has now become the signing day, the second signing period, really just kind of an afterthought. So I thought today would be a good idea for us to do an exercise where we talked about some of the best fits in the 2023 cycle. But for us, the challenge is not to talk about players that are ranked inside the top 150. I thought that would kind of stretch us a little bit. And for Drew, you know, going through the top 247, there are some guys that we don't really get to talk about a lot that you like, especially in the state of Florida. And one of those guys is Jordan Hall, who's going to be playing his football for Mel Tucker at East Lansing in Michigan State. I do, Cooper, and I love this exercise. I This is a great idea, and this is great for our two-minute drill. That's what I think we should call kind of like the uh, the Wednesday episodes or on the shorter side. 
Uh, so I think what I pick three, you pick three, and, and you already tossed out the first one for me. That's Jordan Hall. And what's crazy is there's three different Jordan Halls in the class of 2023, and they all signed uh, with Power 5 schools. You have Jordan Hall, the defensive lineman that went to Georgia. Uh, Jordan Hall, an offensive lineman that went to Colorado. But I'm talking about Jordan Hall, the linebacker that's headed to Michigan State. I believe he's already on campus as an early enrollee. I would have liked this a little bit more if Michigan State – uh, their top four linebackers are all coming back. I think they're going to have the most experienced linebacker core in the country or one of the most experienced, but I still love the fit. And this allows Jordan Hall to come in, uh, take a red shirt year, or, uh, you know, work on the special teams and whatnot. But this guy, uh, I think he fits what they want to do. Scotty Hazleton on that defense. He loves to use his linebackers. He, he runs a 4-2-5, but he'll bring some of them up and put them in obvious pass rushing situations. He'll put them on the edge. And and Jordan Hall, to me, uh, he had a ton of success at IMG Academy coming downhill. I think he's a fit for the Big Ten. And what's really interesting, Cooper, is I was going through Mel Tucker's signing day press conference, and he he said this on Jordan Hall, a true leader on the field, a get your, your guys lined up who directs traffic and takes charge, which is funny because it sounds exactly like my scouting report, uh, on 24-7 Sports, I wrote, intelligent second-level defender that became the voice of IMG Academy's defense after transferring into the FBS factory. So always cool when your scouting report lines up with the head coach, and that's the case with Jordan Hall. You've always been bullish on him. I mean, even, even going back to his time at, at IMG Academy, I think the – I don't want to say the hesitation, but for us, when it came to Jordan Hall, this was more of a guy that is more of a traditional – throwback type of linebacker I think guy that's going to bang between the tackles he's not going to be as much sideline to sideline but I think it's pretty fair to say that's a part of his game that I think we have overlooked a little bit I think he's a little bit more athletic a little bit more nimble more comfortable in space than we give him credit for so I love his fit at Michigan State under Mel Tucker defensive minded coach I think he's going to thrive there in the Big Ten let's stay in the Big Ten Drew for me the first guy Coming off the board, ranked in the top 200, the number 178th prospect in the top 247. That is Caden McDonald out of the state of Georgia in North Gwinnett, defensive lineman for Ohio State. And this was a guy that had a, a pretty, um, I would say, at, at the end of his recruitment, this was a guy that a, a lot of the, the, the blue chip programs from around the country were in on. 6'3", 310 pounds. He is a two-way standout. And this is a guy that I really like a lot has kind of grown on me throughout the evaluation process, but a quick first step, really heavy hands. And what I like about him is his ability to rush the passer from the inside. When we think about Ohio state, when we think about Larry Johnson, the defensive line coach there, we usually think about these edge presence uh, type of players that he's brought in like guys like the Bosa brothers or whether it's like JT Tuomaloau. And, and now you got a guy like Caden McDonald that really helps beef up Ohio State's defensive line on the interior. I mean, 13 sacks as a senior in 12 games, 40 tackles for loss. He had 19 sacks in 12 games as a junior. So this is a guy really athletic, can push the pocket. I think it's going to be a really big addition for Ohio State. And I think if there's a place where they can get better amongst their front seven, it's the interior part of their defensive line. This is a unit that ranked 25th against the run in 2022. There were 35th in tackles for loss. I think a guy like Caden McDonald, especially 
when you're getting that type of player out of the state of Georgia, they had to be Clemson and Nick Eason, who we talked about on yesterday's show, who had a really good year uh, recruiting one of the best defensive line classes in 2022. So uh, tip of the cap to Larry Johnson, Ryan Day, for being able to get a guy like Caden McDonald out of the state of Georgia. Drew, I know he's technically in your region. Any thoughts on him? I was going to say, you, you left off the fact that he played running back this season at over 300 pounds. You put on the huddle, uh, find the, the highlights on the YouTube, uh, and you got this big monster coming up the A and B gap. Now, Katie McDonald saw him work out this past uh, spring. I, I was in making the rounds in Atlanta. He holds all the weight room records there. And you brought up Larry Johnson, and everyone thinks edge players with him. And uh, our signing day show, Ohio State missed out on a few guys down the the, the stretch, young concrete, Damon Wilson. So we kind of, I don't want to say graded them as a loser, but we weren't really hyping up that defensive line class. You like Kata McDonald. I also like the other guy they got, Jason Moore. Saw him for the first time in person at the Under Armour All-America game. I think he's a little bit more athletic, different type of interior defensive lineman for the Buckeyes. But that th those two should be able to provide uh, a, a pass rushing presence and some push there in the middle. So, no, I, I love that fit. Kata McDonald uh, headed to Ohio State. 77 carries for 409 <laughs> yards, 11 touchdowns as a senior. A big man might see him on some goal line packages in Columbus. All right, Drew, let's shift to the Pac-12, and it's 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 prime time always for the Oyster Boys on this show. Let's let's talk about Dylan Edwards a little bit, a guy that can pack a punch, listed at 5'8", 160. We might be giving him a little bit of a boost there, but this guy is literally lightning in a bottle. I think he's going to be able to make an impact early for primetime in Boulder. Well, he's part of that Louis luggage that Coach Prime brought to Boulder in Colorado that he's talking about. Uh, commit number one for uh, for Dion from the high school ranks, Dylan Edwards, a kid that was previously committed to Notre Dame. I loved when Dylan Edwards was he headed to Notre Dame. I, I, I kind of saw a little Chris Tyree in his game. Coop, you mentioned he's 5'8". He is tiny. He is pint-sized. But he was the fastest man at this past summer's future 50 a camp, which was loaded with kids. And then he was the fastest man at the Under Armour All-America game. He edged uh, Nicholas Harbor. I think they had to do a, a runoff like four different times. I'm like, this is crazy because Harbor's the biggest guy out there. And, and Dylan Edwards was the smallest. Look, I, I love this fit because Colorado's new offensive coordinator, Sean Lewis, he's coming over from Kent State. Kent State, um, when he was there, they loved the pre-snap pre motion. They schemed things up, RPOs, shovel passes, inverted veer, jet sweeps. Uh, and to me, Dylan Edwards can be kind of a, a toy for that offense. You can use him in a variety of different ways. And I know uh, he's small. It, it, you know, is he going to be able to run in between the tackles? Look, at Kent State, when Sean Lewis was there this past season, Marquez Cooper, his running back, went for 1,300 yards. And he's listed at 5'7", so he's even smaller uh, than Dylan Edwards. So, Buffs 106 in rushing last season nationally versus FBS teams. I think Dylan Edwards is going to come in. I don't know if he's going to get 12 carries a game, but I think they're going to scheme some touches up for him. And, and I think uh, just with what we've seen from, from a distance uh, about Colorado and, and Coach Prime's operation, he's going to play the guys that he brought in. So Dylan Edwards like that fit. Uh, I think he's going to be making some plays, chunk plays in the Pac-12 um, next season and, and beyond. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them. And easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Another part of his game that I feel like he doesn't get enough credit for is his ability as a return man. I think he is one of the best return men in the country. I think the only other guy in the top 247 that you would say, hey, has the upper hand on a guy like Dylan Edwards is probably Zachariah Branch, who packs a punch himself and is a top 10 player for us. So, I mean, you look at Dylan Edwards and you say, hey, if you're small, you got to be special. So what does special mean? Well, ripping off a 4-3-9-40, shuttle. It's got a 10-5 broad. I mean, we talk about verified speed. We talk about verified athleticism all the time. You talked about the utility and the position flexibility and how that's going to be really important in Sean Lewis's offense. I mean, a guy like Dylan Edwards is a plug and play type of asset for Colorado, 2021 Kansas Gatorade Player of the Year. I love this guy, and I think you're going to see him really impact the game from day one in the return game. That's what Dylan Edwards can do. Drew, love that pick from you. For us, Drew, we're going to go back to the state of Florida. Excuse me, not back to the state of Florida, but Pierce Sperlin, a tight end. Uh, well, that he is he, he is playing in Florida, but just so we're clear, I'm in Fort Lauderdale. He's in Santa Rosa Beach. That's about like an eight-hour drive, I think. So, so technically, your backyard <laughs> is what we're saying. Every, everything in Florida is is considered Drew's backyard. So, Pierce Sperlin. All right, th- this is a guy that you and I that I think he was. I don't want to say difficult, but he was he was a little bit. He had a muddied evaluation, right? We liked him as a sophomore. Uh, we really liked him as a junior. There were some questions about his frame. I think the 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 last verified uh, size we got from him, I think he was at like 209. He was under 215 pounds. So we had some questions about the growth potential. He misses most of his senior year. Only plays in two games. Had a labrum injury. Shows up at the All-American Bowl in San Antonio healthy. He's six foot six, 240 pounds, and he looks like this prototypical traditional wide tight end that we've gotten pretty used to seeing Todd Hartley, the tight ends coach at Georgia, producing. And he had a really good week. He's a smooth mover for his size. He's a three-sport athlete. He's got the basketball background. He's averaging 10 points per game and seven rebounds as a senior uh, right now. And this is a guy that had 74 receptions, over 1,400 yards, and 20 touchdowns as a junior. So the production is there. And this is a guy you're saying, okay, Georgia, they just continue to stockpile talent in this tight end room. True. Let me take you through what Georgia's projected tight end room looks like next year. Brock Bowers, who somehow is still playing football, coming back for another year. Oscar Delp, who was a top 247 player in the 2022 cycle. Lawson Lucky, who we love, who is a top 70 prospect in the top 247. And then you have Pierce Sperlin right now, who's ranked Number 188, he's probably going to shoot up the board for us from what we've seen in San Antonio, not to mention the dogs hanging around there and probably the favorite 
for five-star tight end Deuce Robinson. I mean, you couldn't even put together a better tight end room in the NCAA football. That's kind of how I feel about Georgia. But in terms of the fit, I love Pierce Sperling because he can kind of go there, develop, and take his time, and they can kind of grow him patiently. I love the fit in Pierce Sperling in Athens. All right, a few things here. Oscar Dell, write that name down, all college football fans. He's going to have a breakout year next season at Georgia. He's next one up. Number two, I got to push back a little bit here uh, on on Pierce Berlin. You said he he was productive. He did miss some some time, and I know you pointed that out. I mean, we we only saw two games of him, and we've only seen him at one camp prior to that All-American Bowl, uh, and that was back in in 2021. I think it was kind of like right out of that pandemic COVID phase. Everyone was wearing masks. I remember that. It was down in Miami, and he, he made some acrobatic catches, and I'll never forget, though, he looked like a beanpole. And I just went and looked it up. He was 203 pounds, right? So when I showed up to San Antonio and, and you and, and Gabe Brooks, our colleague, were, were texted me about how Pierce looked. I was like, all right, I got to see this because we had we, he was kind of the Yeti. We hadn't seen him. Uh, and then what did you weigh him in at? I, I know he he was upset about your your measurement on how tall he it wasn't. Was. It wasn't his weight. It was his height. He thought he was six foot seven. You know, like everybody came in and, and they were two inches taller than what they thought they were. Drew, you thought you were. How tall were you coming into that? You I was six, I was six foot. Yeah, you're you're six foot. I think you you uh, five ten on that day. Everybody <laughs> was a little bit uh, smaller than what they thought, but he was. I think he he came in. Uh, he, he thought he was, he was up to seven. And How he, much he, did he measured weigh, in, yeah, six foot six, two hundred and forty pounds on the dot. So yeah. he's a and, and listen, he still has room to grow. I think he can put on another fifteen to, to twenty pounds to his and then, and the last thing I'm gonna add on this, I mean, I'm sure there's some listeners out there are gonna be like, all right, this kid signed with Georgia, you guys are gonna shoot him up in the rankings. But we moved him down because we had a ton of questions about him, and then we got the verified information we wanted. Uh and he did look the part and uh, I, I agree with you. He's gonna do big things at Georgia, assuming he can uh keep things on track all right drew your, your last selection here you went back and forth with a couple of dbs from the sunshine state we figured it was probably going to end in the sunshine state but you were between two guys i got to give the other guy a shout out uh in jonas Declona, who is signed with wisconsin really good fit out of naples high school he's going to be playing in madison for luke fickle really like him a lot got to see him in San Antonio at the All-American Bowl. But the guy that you wanted to talk about this morning, a really big late addition for Florida State in Mike Norvell, that is Conrad Hussey, who was committed to Penn State throughout the majority of the process. But Drew, the more you and I started studying Conrad Hussey, the more you and I really loved this guy. He's not a statsy sheet stuffer at STA, and he played alongside King Mac, Return of the Mac, uh, who's headed to Penn State. And I, I, I've called King Mac his teammate, kind of a, a five-tool uh, center fielder of a safety. And I think Conrad Hussey is essentially the same thing. And both those guys were were utilized in different roles at STA, which is a, a storied program that had a ton of guys go and play as true freshmen this past fall in 2020, 2022 uh, around the country. So I think Florida State's getting a really, really good football player in Conrad. Uh, he can cover the slot. He can blitz. Um, he can just chew up turf. I, I think if you needed him to play a little center field, he could. He can run the alley. I think with what Adam Fuller does in that four-two-five defense, I think Hussey is the perfect fit. And uh, Florida State going to have a new defensive back coach. Pat Sertan comes in from 
the Miami Dolphins. He's a, a former uh, high school coach in the area. I, I believe there's some familiarity between Hussey uh, and Sertain. Um, and, and then, you know, one thing I was looking, some people have some questions and concerns about Hussey's size, but he's six foot one and a half, uh, 200 pounds, and, and he's running 10 9 in that 100 meter dash. So he's a big dude. And I think he is going to be in that Garnet and Gold and, and whatever they need him to do, depending on personnel. Um, he could be a chess piece of sorts for them. Yeah, both those guys coming out of St. Thomas Aquinas. And, and really, you start to see a theme with these players that come out of that uh, that high school. Like these guys are just football players, a competitive temperament that they play with, a lot of versatility, really instinctive. You see that with Conrad Hussey and King Mack as well, uh, Drew, who you mentioned earlier. All right, Drew, for me, I'm going to round it out in the SEC. I'm going to go to the boot, the state of Louisiana. I'm going to go with Caleb Jackson a guy that missed the majority of his senior season with an ankle injury to running back out of Baton Rouge, signed with LSU, 5'10", over 200 pounds. This is a guy that ran at least six sub-1100 meter times in the spring of 2022. And when you look at LSU's running back room, this is a room that it used to be where LSU kind of hung their hat. Frank Wilson coming back from McNeese State. This is second year back in Baton Rouge under Brian Kelly. And LSU's gotten some good news over the last couple of days. Josh Williams coming back. John Emery coming back. Noah Kane will be back. But Caleb Jackson is just kind of different. The speed and athleticism combination of what he can offer. He gets downhill in a hurry, really north-south runner. And this is a guy when he was on the field as a junior, super productive, gained more than 2,400 yards from scrimmage, 33 touchdowns as a junior. He averaged 14.7 yards per carry. So uh, I love the fit of Caleb Jackson. I think LSU needs a boost there. I don't know if they have that top-end guy. I think he can be that. And then Trey Holly coming in from the state of Louisiana as well. He's going to be a really nice compliment. So I love Caleb Jackson. I love that fit. That was a guy, Drew, you and I really didn't get to talk about a ton because he was banged up. And I feel like you know, this list, like I, I, the idea of picking guys outside of the top 150, you and I spent so much time on signing day, even though we're on set for what, eight, nine hours, you don't really get to talk about everything you yeah. want to talk about. So being able to talk about some of these guys, some of the, the wins uh, in the latter part of the process, that really helps for us. And Drew, before we sign off, you know, you sent a text late last night. Pro Football Focus came out with their their uh, top 100 board for the NFL draft and, and the draft right around the corner in April. But just some thoughts, I would say the early impressions of, you know, uh, it, it's just a good starting point for us. And I think as we are putting the finishing touches on, on our rankings ourselves here next week, is there anything that you look at that says it, it makes you kind of think a little bit more in depth about what we're doing because there's a couple of things that stand out to me just from looking at that top 32. Oh, it's it's the text I sent with you guys. Will McDonald, uh, defensive lineman out of Iowa State. I, I knew nothing about him. I mean, he's a kid from Minnesota. I, I think what day two grade on him from from PFF, and I start looking up at his profile as I'm laying there in bed. As a senior, he was the state champ in discus. He was third in high jump, 11-4-1 for a guy that's over 200 pounds. And then he was conference hoops player of the year. So um, when we always talk multi-sport and, and the track data, uh, here's another prime example. And I know, Coop, what you're going to bring up here about the running backs is certainly notable as well. 
I can just imagine you. It's like that meme, you know, like the the husband and the wife laying in bed and the husband's looking at his phone and the wife is turned in the different direction. And it's like, I wonder what he's thinking about. And it's just you reading a bio of Will McDonald, you know, hey, three sport athlete. I wonder what he threw in the discus. But, you know, <laughs> for me, I look at it and it, it just comes back to premium position. I, I think one of the best players in the country, I think this has proven over the last couple of years, is Bijan Robinson, right? And PFF, I mean, it's not like, hey, we're, we're taking their word from it. He could get selected earlier, but I think they're pretty a lot uh, of right on here. Him. Yeah, a lot of mocks have him kind of fallen. And he's in that, you know, he's in that 18 to 22 range. And you think about that. All right, this is one of the most accomplished players, a really safe bet. And you think about the positional value. And Drew, right now we're having a conversation. Hey, do we feel comfortable with two running backs in the top 32? Do we feel comfortable with three running backs in the top 32? I could tell you this. If it was up to me, I think we'd only have one guy in the top 32 at the running back position. The other thing that stands out is premium positions, right? And like, who is that cornerback to in this class? Obviously, we have Cormani McLean pegged as the number one corner. And, and then there's A.J. Harris, who we really love the profile. But there's going to be another guy, in my opinion, that we're going to look back three to four years from now that's going to elevate their status uh, over that time. And, I'm, and you look at like Eli Ricks, he's a top 50 player. He's barely played, right? He's had character issues. He transfers to Alabama. He really doesn't get uh, activated until late in the season. And this is a guy that people have coming off the board in the first 12 picks of the second round. So the other one, Drew, the last thing I have to say here, you look at the quarterback order of how they have these guys ordered at the top in the top 10, Bryce Young at the top, Will Levis, Quarterback out of Kentucky at number three, C.J. Stroud at number five. Oh, and, and and then Anthony Richardson at 11, right? So it just comes back to like projection versus production, which we talk about all the time. To me, I love having Bryce Young in that number one spot. I would have Stroud at number two. I would like Will Levis would keep me up at night anthony richardson at 11 you know like oh, and then who, you wonder who, they're like why who, isn't this guy coming back for another year that's why who, you know who, somebody's going to take him in the top 15. who's also in the top 32 tanner mckee tanner mckee tanner mckee six foot six big frames play six foot six and guess what then then you got hendon hooker you know and that that i want to say i don't even think they have him in the second round right so they, yeah. they have him in that third round range you wonder is like okay is that the acl that maybe impacts that a little bit but even with the year that he had playing in josh heupel's offense so a lot of good stuff you know as you'll start to uh get to know andrew and i you'll start to uh kind of pick up on that we'd like to tie everything back into the nfl draft which is really the the genesis of our process but guys we appreciate you joining us it was supposed to be 10 minutes it went 25 minutes that's okay we had a little fun we had a little banter as well please make sure if you are new new to the show make sure you subscribe you can subscribe on apple spotify wherever you find your podcast and for our director of scouting andrew Rivens, our producer lance Gwynn, i'm cooper patagna and we will see you again tomorrow thanks for joining Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.